Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Saturday, April the 4th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is arduous, which means hard to accomplish or achieve. Difficult. Arduous. Hope everyone is enjoying their Saturday, their weekend, Easter weekend to be exact. And I I just hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. The weather's looking pretty good here in North Carolina. Uh, Sunny, as opposed to rain, which we are so accustomed to, especially during the early spring. And also, North Carolina weather is... uh, it's so unpredictable, but you can always set your, your watch to this, that at the end of March, coming into the beginning of April, it, it temperatures rise. And then out of nowhere, it, it appears every year around Easter, the week of Easter, the temperatures drop back down a little bit. You know, the late nights is, are getting down into the low 40s, 30s. Some places are even getting into the 20s. And then always, 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 Right after Easter, that following week, the temperatures rise back up and then spring appears. And that appears what's going to happen this week coming up because they're saying temperatures are going to rise back up into the 80s. Love that early spring and you got to love North Carolina weather. It is indeed, as always, so unpredictable. Well, it appears Major League Baseball has pulled its all-star game and draft from Atlanta, Georgia as a result of the state's new voter laws. Apparently, you're going to need an ID for absentee ballots, and they're going to also shorten early voting periods for runoffs. And this one, I just can't truly understand, made it illegal to offer food and or water for those waiting in line. Now, several other companies and corporations have also joined in to uh, denounce and, and state their displeasure in the new voter ID laws. Coke and Delta have joined in also. Ah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there certainly is a change coming. But one thing, if I could uh, just say that that I personally always found kind of strange. And that's the fact that when you go to vote in any election, whatever, you know, um, whether it's a runoff or a general election or what have you, I always found it strange that you never had to show your ID. That was just me. I mean, I just I just always thought that was off. Couldn't quite understand how you could allow someone to come in and vote and they just state the name and and the address. I'm not sure when or where or how or what reason that started, but uh, looks like things are changing. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. We will see. And also in in another side of the news that isn't so pleasant, It appears also an 18-year veteran with the D.C. Capitol Police was killed Friday afternoon after a man rammed his car into a 
a barricade and into police also. There were uh, two victims. One officer was killed. The other was injured and was taken to a local hospital. Apparently the man... <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. Apparently he he rammed into the... You know, ran, ran, ran his car into the police and then rammed it into a barricade. Got out wielding a knife to which the police responded and shot by the way he, he's he's not he's no longer with us he, yeah he was killed that's really not a, a surprise investigators have uh, ruled out terrorism appears he was the lone wolf if you will man I would say things are getting crazy but truthfully they already were and and already I, I mean I I just don't understand the mindset of some people. Like I said, I, I never understood or nor could I endorse or, or support any human being that uh, feels he has to prove, he or she has to prove a point. And the way they're going to prove their point is to kill innocent people or people they deem that are in their way or aren't hearing their voice. Never understood that. And I never will. Like I said in the past, whatever your reason, hey, that's your reason. If it's in your head, it's in your head. But a murderer is a murderer to me. Simple and plain. And that's what you, this guy is. He's a murderer. Let's call it like it is. Don't need to stand on a soapbox and scream, holler and yell and say, oh, I, I don't want to hear that. You're a murderer. Murderer? Murderer. Let's move along. <laughs> this next... Uh, Next piece is, is wow. Well, let's let's move along. Uh, it appears Dylan Roof is in the news again. You know the man who shot up a church in Charleston, South Carolina, in 2015, a historical black church named Mother Emanuel AME Church. You know, uh, we all remember the story. Coming in off the street, sat through the entire. Bible study session talked to those that were there the parishioners and during the closing prayer got up and started shooting and killed nine members of the congregation and I'm sure we also remember when he escaped somehow some way he was found here in North Carolina I think state troopers uh spotted his vehicle somehow some whatever spotted his vehicle and and of course made the arrest and i guess they figured somehow some way he was hungry and went to burger king and gave him a sandwich how thoughtful how thoughtful just killed nine people nine innocent people after you sat in their church and the arresting officers take pity upon him and go get him a sandwich that's about as bad as that uh, law enforcement official and I'm using that term extremely loosely law enforcement official down in Atlanta a few weeks ago that when asked about the guy who shot up the uh, massage parlors and they said uh, he said his response was 
he may have been having a bad day. <laughs> wow. Sure is a lot of coddling in this country with those that are uh, murderers. Must be nice. Must be nice. I don't mean to be rude or, or, or sound harsh or crass. I know everyone needs, needs pity sometimes, but you just committed nine murders and you get a sandwich. Take them to jail. Let them eat some of that stale jail food. Okay, let's move along. Now, Mr. Roof's case or appeal is set for May 25th of this year. Now, apparently attorneys want his conviction and death sentence overturned. Ooh. All right. His attorneys are back on the case. In 2017, Mr. Roof came became the first American to be sentenced to death for a federal hate crime. Rightfully so. Serving as his own attorney during the sentencing phase, this self-declared white supremacist didn't fight for his life, didn't explain his actions, didn't, didn't express any remorse whatsoever for his sickening act of racist violence against other human beings. In fact, he only said, anyone who hates, and I'm quoting here, anyone who hates anything in their mind has a good reason for it. End of quote. That's some serious hate there. Now, I often wondered not how the courts allowed him to represent himself on such a serious charge. I mean, it is his right, and the court did appoint legal counsel to assist, assist but I, I wondered, why would he represent himself? He has no legal experience. And then there's the severity of the charge. I mean, your life is literally on the line. Either way, even if they don't conv uh, uh, convict you and, and sentence you to death, your, your chances are you're going to spend the, the rest of your life behind bars. And so I said, well, man, why is this guy representing himself? Trying to prove a point, of course. Here's why. And his response, I got to say, screams foolishness. He told the lawyer he'd seek appeals to drag his case out as long as he could. Hmm. He expected white supremacists to take over the U.S., pardon him, and make him governor of South Carolina. Wow, how ambitious there. Got to yeah. You, you, you gotta admire his moxie I guess however ignorant it sounds hey if it's in your mind it's in your mind <laughs> now in 2017 also following his federal death penalty trial Roof received nine consecutive life sentences after pleading guilty to state murder charges which led to him awaiting execution in federal prison wow now, like I said, uh, I, I don't have much empathy for, and I'm not the, I'm not judging anyone, but I just don't have empathy for those that murder to prove a point. That's just that, that just that just makes no sense to me. There are many many ways that you can prove a point without going to kill people, kill innocent people, because whatever your reasoning or belief or or your hatred was for you to go into a church. 
a place of worship where people are just going to 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 worship and 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 learn about their religion and their beliefs you wander in off where well, he didn't wander in he he of course sat his sights on that church you you came into the church you sat there with them when they were in bible study and then you just got up and started killing how heartless and cruel that is beyond me but you know this 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 appeal you know just like he said he was going to drag it out this is what he's doing this this is just what he's doing he knows he's not going to uh, get out and as far as the other aspect of the white supremacists taking over and overthrowing the government and he becomes uh, governor yeah that goes towards his lunacy obviously because none of that part doesn't make any sense we always hear of of those that have convicted of or, or dragging it out by appeals after appeals after appeals that's understandable but uh, uh yeah, that's his right but that other thing of, of the government being overthrown and him being elected governor of South Carolina yeah that's that's idiotic you, you, you really are, you really are gone and you're going with hate because that is just a is, is, like I said to sit there with those people and go through the whole bible study and then jump up and start uh, shooting that's just hateful and evil and you deserve every bit of that sentence, that nine life, nine uh, life sentence, nine year uh, life sentences. I mean, and and I certainly don't wish hate or I mean, I certainly don't wish death on anyone. But you earn that death sentence also. Now, what, what, what another aspect of the case, they were hoping that when, um, as we all know, there, there's a moratorium on, on the death penalty, meaning they're they're, they're not doing it. There, I guess I don't know if they're still holding hearings for it to, to see if it can come back. Now, what his attorneys and him were hoping that when some people were hoping that when Trump was in office, he would start back the death penalty, and that's what his lawyers were afraid of. But somehow or another, as we all know, President Trump got uh, tied up with other issues, and he never really. Uh, got to it let's just say although he did i believe some some one or two people were uh put to death under his watch now it appears they're looking at president joe biden and some are hoping that he will bring it back he's of course dylan roof's attorneys are hoping he won't uh i don't see joe biden doing that he's we all know he's against it totally the death penalty so it looks like he'll be sitting around waiting for the next president or presidents and that's usually how it goes with this death penalty thing once that moratorium was placed on it it was pretty much a done deal until someone comes along and say hey start it back up and so far thus far since it's been done away with or relaxed however you want to say it it has not came back up no administration republican or democrat no administration has picked it back up so it looks like he'll be sitting in prison for the rest of his life nine consecutive lifetime sentences sitting on death row still bleeding the taxpayers still gotta house them, clothe them, feed them all from medical dental, vision <laughs> wow uh, anyway let's move on, that's enough for that 
a six-year-old boy is going to juvenile court and being charged with injury to real property. Apparently, he picked a tulip out of a yard while waiting on the bus. Now, here's something I didn't know. North Carolina is the only state that allows juveniles as young as six to be charged and taken, placed in justice proceedings. However, state lawmakers, Republicans and Democrats, ooh, now that's a rarity. Republicans and Democrats are coming together and considering two bills to raise the age to 10 years old. Senate Bill 207 and House Bill 261. Now, like I said, I didn't know North Carolina is the only state that allows for you to uh, uh, file charges and and take a six-year-old to court. Man, I did not know that. Hmm. Thank the Lord. My kids haven't done anything too crazy because I would have been in shock. Now, I got to ask, like many of you and, and now elected officials, how anyone could actually think or believe that a child as young as six, seven, eight, or nine could understand the severity of being involved in the judicial system this early in life. I mean, case in point, that six-year-old and the tulip, tulip picking that netted him the charge of injury to real property, attention span was so small, short, His lawyer had to give him crayons and a coloring book to keep him quiet in court. Wow. In fact, advocates are are saying uh, pretty much the same thing. They're saying that those juveniles that are, are charged or in court can't make informed decisions like adults. And they can't decide whether to talk to police and what to tell them, whether to go to trial and or whether to admit to the accusations against them. Now, Governor Roy Cooper has a task force on racial equity and criminal justice, and they're recommending that the age be raised raised to 12. Now, there's also a subcommittee established by state legislators called Juvenile Justice Adversary Committee And they're recommending the age of 10. The National Juvenile Justice Network recommends 14. And William Lasseter, who's Deputy Secretary of North Carolina's Juvenile Justice Section, supports the age of 10 also. And he's also advocating having competency evaluations for 11 and 12 years old. However, currently criminal complaints can be filed against children between the ages of 6 and 17. Now, once these charges are are, are filed against these juveniles, uh, this is how the system works. After the complaint is filed, juvenile counsels determine whether the complaint should be dismissed, go to juvenile court, or deferred. If the youth participates in community programs, social services, or other actions. Now, if the case goes to court and the juvenile is found guilty, they may receive a referral to social services, probation, community service, and this is that other thing they were talking about, the 
they may receive commitment to a private or state-ran facility. That's the other actions thing they were talking about. You know, back in the day, I can remember when 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 you were acting out, or like they say, acting out, or, or like they used to say, acting bad. Uh, <laughs> they would tell you you would go to reform school. It was called reform school. Now I believe it's group homes, or I believe they actually call some of them uh, juvenile prisons. But back then, it was reform school, and it was always off in some remote place, sticks country. Now, let's look at this, the Senate bill. Senate Bill 207, a Mecklen, is uh, sponsored by a Mecklenburg County Democrat who's the co-sponsor of the bill and also a public defender. Now, he states he has seen many juveniles going from group home to group home, placement to placement too frequently, and he sees kids being pushed out of classrooms and into jail or prison. That's that pipeline also they've been talking about. The bill would stop children ages six to nine from going in front of a judge. Instead, a court counselor would determine whether the complaint should be dismissed, diverted, or accepted as a child consultation. Now, child consultation in court is where the counselors would work with the parents, social services, school officials, and others to consider what services the child and the parent needs. Now, if the parent or guardian doesn't comply, then they would be summoned to court and face contempt of court charges. In addition, the bill seeks to change how older teens are handled in the justice system also. Now, this is a result of that raise the age push in North Carolina. And and this is another thing I didn't know. I just did. Well, I knew. But in North Carolina, between the ages of 16 and 17, juveniles can be charged as adults for any crime. The bill wants to allow 16 and 17 year olds to be persecuted as juveniles for most offenses. Don't want to. And I I thought that was kind of off, but then that may be an indication of how our society is now where we just our youth appear to be just running amok. Now House Bill 261 is uh, being sponsored by a Durham Democratic representative. The bill wants to raise the age for appearances in front of a judge to 10. Now the bill isn't strongly worded or strongly structured like the Senate bill but the bill plans to add a child consultation process also but families don't that don't comply, they will not be sent, you know, they won't get a contempt of court court charge. Instead, they'll be sent to the Department of Social Social Services and wherever they stay at. Also wants to prohibit physical restraints on juveniles under the age of 10 during transport for medical or psyche vows. Of course, except for safety issues, which, however, this, this part of the bill this part of the bill won't be enforced until four years after the bill is passed. And future bills may bills may also call for children older than nine to be evaluated. And they want them to be evaluated for competency before going through the juvenile justice system. I gotta say, I, I, like I said, a lot of that I didn't realize. But yeah, to th- th- think that you could actually bring charge, I mean, Six years old, six, seven, eight, or nine, ten. 
you, you putting kids in in the the system that early because of whatever. I, I mean, maybe it's a naivete, naivete on my part. Maybe the, the these kids are like we say off. <laughs> they're off the hook. Maybe they are, but are they that far off the hook that we would? place them in a system like that at six years old i mean i i I would love to ask or or i haven't really been able to find anything the person that filed the charges what happened how did you lose it with a six-year-old picking tulips out of your yard at the bus stop i mean maybe i can understand there's a lot of work that goes into planting a garden and maybe he had talked to the kitties or he or she had talked to the kitties, maybe even talked to their parents before about the kids picking tulips out of their yard. So what happened with that adult conversation that it resulted in you filing charges against a six year old and taking them to court? But yeah, six years old, maybe for me between the ages of six and and and, and 10 or 11 even 12 I just see so much of a naivete about life I don't think we should be allowing kids to be put in the judicial system that early I just don't I think we are better uh, better people than that surely we can find something work something out and we're talking about the kids being off the hook maybe the parents are off the hook maybe that's another part of the problem I, I, I think parents just I see a lot of parents they just don't seem to care they're more involved with themselves but I would think if you're a parent and someone a sheriff's deputy or police officer showed up at your your house and you have a six-year-old and and they're telling your six-year-old has been charged you got a court show up to court for this that or whatever I would think that parental mindset and those parental skills and that uh mother bear or father bear instinct would kick in and you would do any and everything to protect your kid but most would say not in this day and age not with this society huh Uh, I don't know just six years old sitting in the courtroom I mean you heard the lawyer had to give the kid crayons and a coloring book to keep him still and quiet because he surely did not understand where he was I don't know. There, there, there certainly is a, there's a lot more there. But I, I hope these bills do get passed, both of them. And I hope some changes are made and made quickly because, like I said, six years old, you're sitting up in the courtroom. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> That's a big no. I don't think my tax dollars should be used like that when there's so many other things that it could be used for and there's so many other hardened criminals that you can prosecute six-year-old picking tulips ain't it it just ain't whatever the reason i know it's hard work getting a garden together but no 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 we are adults and 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 we're always telling kids uh don't overreact this is an overreaction to me i would think we were better than that as adults we've lived long enough been through enough that certainly we could find a better avenue to get your point across than to throw these kids into the judicial system now of course there are some kids that you know they do do some pretty uh harsh things and and i can certainly understand why they you know they're in court or what have you especially with the game problem i think you know a lot of kids are born into the game that that six years old hey a lot of kids are born into it 
and 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 hey but six years old be in the judicial system that's too much we are better people than that i know i hope so well that's all for me today and i want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning continue to like support share offer feedback as always anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response and i would love to hear your voice like i always say i won't bite not physically anyway so offer feedback you can also make monetary contributions continue to follow and listen on anchor spotify google podcast breaker overcast pocket cast radio public verbal and wordpress and like i say hey i'm still working on that youtube endeavor so it'll be coming soon i'll give you the time and date just wait gonna be going live and as always this is Stephen Carnegie for this is just a thought amen Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Monday, April 12th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is newfangled, which means attracted to novelty or of the newest style or kind new fang gold hope everyone enjoyed their weekend i know it's been a while since i've spoken to you last i took some time off to get some stuff together personal issues and i hope everyone enjoyed their week and also this past weekend it was pretty lovely here in north carolina had some rain that was that usually happened uh uh, late night or early in the wee hours of the morning. Got rid of some of the pollen and that, that helps a lot. Man, it seems like every year this pollen is getting worse and worse. I'm not even, I don't have allergies. I'm not allergic to them. Never had a problem. But, you know, seems like the past two or three years, I, I've noticed that when I go out, I start sneezing. So, yeah, it, it seems like the pollen is getting worse every every year. Well, let's move along to some news here. Looks like here we go again. Protests have erupted in Minnesota as a result of the police fatally shooting an unarmed black man. Well, details are still coming in. A bit sketchy. Protests have erupted. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like I said, here we go again. And also, police in Virginia find themselves under fire for a traffic stop of a Black and Latino man that ended in the Pepper Spring and arrest, uh, Pepper Spring, he was thrown to the ground, and arrest of of an Army officer. He was an officer in the United States Army. In fact, Also, one of the police officers was fired this past weekend over the stop and arrest. That happened in December. 
Now I've seen, I'm not sure if it's the full video of that uh, interaction or maybe it's, it's snippets. There's a whole lot going on online and then, you know, the news, they're showing it. Um, a lot of people may say he wasn't complying, but from what I saw and heard, I mean, he had both hands out of the window. He was explaining. The, the initial stop was because of he didn't have a license plate on a new vehicle that he had purchased. But he did have the license plate. It was just uh, taped in the window. So I guess they pulled him because it wasn't uh, actually visible. But, uh, you know, depending on where you get a lot of vehicles from or those screws that hold those license plates in place, they may come loose or whatever. But anyway... They pulled him over, and like I said, from what I I saw, he had both hands out of the, the window and was explaining and asking, you know, why did you pull me over? There were two officers. One looked to be a senior officer, and one looked to be fairly new. And the senior officer, uh, I don't know if, if he was trying to show the rookie the ropes, but his language and body movements with his gun out pointed screaming get out or i know one point in time you can hear him say something about you get ready to get lit up or, or whatever or what have you long short of it his his language was totally uncalled for i mean you're telling the guy to get out of the vehicle but he's still in his seat belt and he's also telling you i don't feel comfortable reaching for anything at this point which rightfully so if you hear the language and the aggression in the officer's voice i wouldn't have moved either i think at one point in time he even said i i don't feel comfortable i, I would rather you do it an officer continued to yell get out get out get out so anyway the officer was fired this weekend he probably should have been fired back in december before this tape came out because the the, the army officer is now suing uh, he may have a good case he really he, he may have a good case because that like i said as far as those that say he wasn't complying hell he may have been too terrified to comply what do you do in that instance or that situation when someone has a gun on you and they're steady screaming and yelling at you and you're trying to talk and say hey wait a minute i can't get out like that i'm in a seatbelt." but then again what do i know what do i know anyway uh, this past week, I was uh, I was saddened to hear of the passing of a high school classmate. He was a husband and father of two uh, cancer. Apparently, his cancer came back. I know last I spoke to him, he had been he, he was in remission and he was saying everything was fine and thankful to the Lord for for bringing him through. But it appears in the end, cancer came back and. You know, he passed. Uh, I, I, it's my heart is is just my heart and mind is just uh, everywhere right now. I, I keep thinking about the two kids. I believe one of the the daughters. Uh, I know she was in high school, and she may have been getting ready to graduate. If not this year, then next year. And of course, a younger child. And, and like I said, he left his wife also. Left his wife behind also. But out of all of that. The one thing that I have come to the conclusion is I have 
and this is me personally, I don't know how many other people do this, but I've got to stop the, the, what I do is say, oh man, I got to reach out to somebody. Then I get sidetracked and, and, and hit with life. And then I forget about it. And I think again, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I never get around to it. Long short of it is like the old saying goes, never put off tomorrow what you can do today. So I think from from this point on, whenever I say uh, I need to reach out to somebody, I'm just going to reach out. I mean, it's hard enough when someone passes, but it's even harder when you think and you sit back and you remember, damn, I remember I said I was going to do that and I never did. And you never will get the chance to. You know, my heart goes out to the family. I believe his mother is is still here. And that's got to be hard for any parent to have to bury their child. So my heart goes out to him. And and if if I could say anything to anybody, including myself, don't procrastinate. What comes in your mind, you say you're going to do, do it then and there. Or make time. Life does come at us hard and fast. And it's very easily to get sidetracked or or lose that thought in your mind with your day-to-day dealings of life. But stop the procrastination, just do it. Go ahead and 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 be done with it. You know, also um I uh I know by now everyone has heard of the passing of uh Earl Simmons, uh, otherwise known as DMX. Yeah, that that there is, uh, man, that's a tough one, that is. Didn't know him personally, but I was a, a huge, huge fan of his music. Well, he was taken off life support last Friday after a heart attack as a result of a drug overdose. overdose. And it left him in a vegetated state after apparently there was three attempts to resuscitate him but they all failed. And the doctors earlier in the week had done a procedure to determine his brain activity to which they found little to none. And also it was deteriorating. His brain, his his body was pretty much shutting down. If you ever heard that expression, your organs are shutting down. Yeah, he, he was deteriorating and ter- deteriorating fa- uh, fast. So I guess Friday, the family decided, you know, there's, it, it may sound cruel and heartless. They decided it was no longer a need to prolong the inevitable, his death. So Friday, I, they, they pronounced him dead. I can't remember the exact time. But I do remember the uh, alert coming across my phone and, and I began thinking, wow. Here's a a guy. Yeah, he he wasn't perfect by any stretch stretch of the imagination, but who is? He just wasn't. He wasn't perfect at all. Now, I, I find well, I've heard about it, and it appears it's becoming more and more prevalent. It's 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 becoming. I don't want to say an, an, an everyday thing, but it it is out there now. Now we know. Now the police in Yonkers, where he's from, 
have uh, stated that they have had three to four drug overdoses over the past few months, over the past couple of months, actually. And what they're attributing this to is fentanyl. The drugs are being cut or laced with fentanyl. That's your heroin and your cocaine. It's a highly addictive painkiller that apparently these drug dealers have found they can mix with the drug and it keeps them coming back. It's highly addictive. It's a painkiller. I don't know too much about that. But the police, like I said, are like I said, they they're they've had these overdoses within the past few months. And now they're looking for the drug dealers to charge. them. You know, we had a similar case like that or cases here in North Carolina where they actually did charge those drug dealers. I mean, if, if they can pinpoint where it came from. Yeah, they they are going to charge you. They probably should. You know, I just didn't understand or didn't know how strong and and I guess highly addictive fentanyl was. I had to look it up. I didn't even really know what fentanyl was. It's a, apparently it's a painkiller. It's used for those that um are in severe severe pain. Hmm. Brings you back to uh, Michael Jackson and and the drug he was taking. What was it? propopol, propanol, or something like that. A medication that was used for uh, one of the uses it was used for was to the, the fight the pain of those uh, burn victims. Now it appears fentanyl has taken the lead, if I could say that. Now, I, I got to say, when I first heard DMX's music, it was, it, it, it was after the passing of Pac and Biggie. And at that point in time, to me, rap was in a limbo, in a transitioning. I mean, there were a few artists that were out that were put, putting out music, but I wasn't too impressed with the material. And I had kind of written rap off and I returned to my old school. <laughs> I went back to my old school. I said, well, I can always get a feeling out of that. Because like I said, some of the material that was coming out, I, I, you could tell it was in limbo and transitioning. Like they were trying to figure out, you know, where to go from here. Like I said, after the passing of Pac and Biggie. And then I heard X. Wow. Hard, gritty. His vocal deliverance, his cadence. The content of his music. It hooked me. I was hooked. Hook, line, and sinker. And, and, and in fact, it to me, it was what hip hop was and had always been not just something from the streets, but a regular everyday average guy or female expressing themselves. And as far as I was concerned, hip hop was back. And I'm not, I know a lot of people, but one of the things that another thing that stuck out to me because I've seen the old tapes or, or, or or heard he was one hell of a freestyler. For those of you that don't know what freestyling is, freestyling is coming off the top of your dome. Nothing's written down. Freestyling is what is what is done in battles, hip hop battles. You know, I can remember as a kid, I was a single child. 
and, and it may be, uh, I was a single child, introvert. I was shy, bashful, or whatever. But when I first heard hip hop, first heard rap, it softened that awkwardness because, you know, when I would go to school, I would hear other kids talking about, you know, the same artists or groups that I was listening to. And and like I said, that that helped me and developed me it, it, able to carry on conversation, whereas before I was standoffish. So hip hop, you know, it did that for me. And like I said, when I first heard X, I was like, whoa, who is this? Now. His, you know, I didn't know that much about him and his background until there was a special that, uh, well, BET does these specials. They did one on Rough Riders, which which was the record label he was on. They also did one on uh, No Limit, Master P. But the first one they did was on Rough Riders. And let me just say his childhood, this this is where it all started. His childhood. Oh, wow. Man. I mean, his mother pretty much had written him off. He was getting in trouble with the police. He was going from reform school or, or you know, group homes or whatever. And you know, like I said, his mother pretty much written him off. But she had had some issues also. So I guess one of the last times when he got in trouble and he came back from uh, the group home or reform school or whatever, she it was just too much for her to handle. So he ended up going from foster home to foster home to foster home. Then pretty much was on the streets because, you know, you know, most kids when they're, they're in that foster home system, if they go to a foster home and they don't like it, they're out. So he pretty much was on the streets. He was introduced to drugs by someone he called a mentor, someone he looked up to. He was introduced to drugs, uh, crack to be exact. I, I think, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think the special, you know, he talked about it. I think he was put in the, uh, his weed, marijuana. They they call it woolers. They, they mix it together. You know, it, it's hard. You, you gotta, it's hard enough to not have your mother there. But then when you find another adult that you're looking at as, as a mentor, or maybe even a father figure, and for him to introduce you to something like that, I often question, what's the mindset? What was the purpose of you doing that? I mean, really. But out of all of that, the one thing that stands out to me the most about DMX and his life and his legacy, I mean, besides the albums, the videos, the collabos, the dirt bikes, the four-wheelers or the pit bulls, or maybe even his his, uh, pit bull dogs, his high energy on the stage, because when he gave a concert, man, he was one of those that I, I wanted to, I was just hoping that I, at some point in time, I would be able to see perform live because I, I've seen KRS-One. I, I've seen Big Daddy Kane. I've seen Eric B and Rakim. I wanted to see him do it live because from what I saw from the videos and heard people talking, man, he put on a show. And that's a rarity in this day and age, an actual show, because that's what concerts are supposed to be. It's supposed to be a show. And he did he did it they said he was one of the best to ever do it live but like i said the one thing that stuck out to me no matter what he was going through was the fact that no matter 
the interview or 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 even at the concerts he would always bring god into the conversation no matter what now he might even have introduced some from from this era of my my generation or, or whatever to god at his concerts that sounds crazy to some but if you truly know god you never know how God will use someone to work in his favor. You never know who God would put in your path to get you to believe in his word. You know, the Bible is is full of stories of people that were considered undesirables. That were used to teach and show us his word. And also show us his grace and mercy. You know, one that I, I often think about is uh, Saul or Paul. You know, Paul was uh, the main persecutor of the church and those that believed in Jesus Christ. I mean, he even participated in participated in stoning, killing those that believed in Christ. Can you imagine that, that you're, you believe in Jesus Christ and because of your belief and convictions, they pretty much kill you? You know, that's sounds crazy to us now. But, you know, like I said, to get back on track, you never know who, what God is going to use to put you on the path to getting yourself together, to get you to believe and trust in him. Now, there are some Bible thumpers. One, please shut up. Two, get your chair, have a seat. Three, go to a corner. Four, turn it around and sit down. Face the wall. You have clearly forgotten God's word. You know, something to the effect, let you not, let ye not forget that you ye too were once in the world also. Really? I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you can't learn anything. He was a crackhead. Who cares? You never know who God has got in your path to get you to believe and get you on track. It's not about that individual person. More often than not, it's about what that person brings to the table. You never know how God is using them. Like I said, no matter what he was going through, no matter what all the trouble was, the jail, the drugs, the kids, the baby mama issues, whenever he gave an interview, you he, he, he spoke of God. And you can tell that he was going through it, but he always, always spoke of God. You got some Bible thumpers that can't even do that when they're going through it. And they're supposed to be taught and believe that no matter what, you never stop praising God. They'll have a problem and shut down completely. So why? Like I said, how often or how soon we forget. And this is a prime example. So like I said, to those Bible thumpers, shut up, get a chair, have a seat, take it to a corner, turn it around and face the corner and just be quiet. You don't know how God was using this man. You don't know who he touched to the point that they started 
or maybe once again believed in God. Who are you to judge? Who are you to criticize? Who do you who are you to critique any aspect of any human being's life? Because I I, I rest I can rest pretty assuredly when I say you weren't born believing. Well, I shouldn't say believing. You weren't born worshiping God. You had to learn. You had to go through some things, didn't you? Yeah, you did. And how soon we forget the old holy rollers, high and righteous, Bible thumpers. Yeah, go sit down somewhere. Also, there's a, a Twitter campaign to cancel DMX. Boy, you guys couldn't even wait till he was cold, till he was in the ground before you chimed in. What happened? You heard some of his music after his death or while he was in that vegetative coma and decided that his lyrics were too harsh and abrasive? Well, members of the LGBTQ community are saying that he has some rap lyrics that spoke and glorified rape and had homophobic slurs directed towards transsexuals. Huh. Mm, that's a big no for me, dog. I don't know what y'all were listening to because the two uh, uh, rap verses or, or the two rap verses you quoted, there was no glorification of anything in there. As far as the one that goes about rape, it's, it's talking about a, a rape of a 15-year-old, I guess the father or whatever. It, it 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 sounds like it was it was something he was explaining about a lifestyle when you're doing dirt and it comes back on you. And yeah, we do have some people out there as we all well and know that are that savage. Sorry, he he couldn't rap about the sun, the stars, the moons, green clovers and unicorns or whatever. Sorry, he couldn't rap about that. He rapped about a lifestyle that he knew all too well growing up from the background from whence he came. An honest, honest depiction of his life. Wow, how about that? Hmm, that's, that's strange and rare. And as far as the homophobic slurs, and it, they felt it was directed at the transsexuals, and he was a homophobe. No, that was not that, the purpose of that verse. The verse pretty much was saying, you know, I know a lot of you probably have heard of that down low, you know, the guys that that are torn between having sex with a woman and having sex with a man. We call them down low brothers. That's what that's talking about. How it, it, it can't be accepted. And matter of fact, as I remember, as I can recollect, I can remember when that term first appeared. Oh, I believe. Oprah did an interview with the author of the book who, who expressed that he too was down low or had been down low, meaning he had, he was married and he was messing with men and somehow, some way he came out and he said that a lot of men didn't believe that that was cheating because it was sex with a man. <laughs> well, won't get into that argument or debate, but that's what that verse was about. Those that are playing both sides of the fences, if you will. So as far as this campaign of, of counseling everything, every aspect, what is this rush to counsel everything? Like I said, you guys couldn't even wait for him to be dead a good week 
before you tore off on a rampage. I believe this council mess came out Saturday, a day after he, they had uh, pulled the plug and, and, and announced that he was no longer with us. You know, we live in a society that is so judgmental. And I know many may say, well, you sound like you're a judgment. No, I'm not. I don't think I'm judgmental because I don't fly off on these tirades and hold these campaigns and launch this national campaign to counsel everybody or bring everybody's mistakes in their lives to the forefront. And that appears that that's the type of society we're in now, where if you've done something wrong in your past, you're going to be held accountable for it for decades ago. Because that's about how old these songs are. I mean, that's, man, well, that's got to be going on to uh, 20, close to 20, if not over 20 years ago. Really? You pull those two verses out to cancel because you felt it's a glorified rape and, and had homophobic slurs in it. I, I guess music is up, left up to your interpre interpretation because when I heard it, <laughs> I didn't hear anything about, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear any slander or, or a glorification of a lifestyle that, that could be taken as, as, as a, a, a true way of life. I didn't, you know, rap is storytelling. Although you do have a few that, that would go out and do something stupid and then come back and put it on a record and tell, uh, well, tell their whole business. And yeah, they pretty much do need to be locked up. I mean, there's been a few rappers that got caught up like that, but that was not that. That just wasn't for me. I didn't see it. I just didn't. And I and I said, well, let me listen to it. Let me listen attentively to it. Let me be biased. And I heard it. I heard the whole song or both songs, and then I heard some more. Of course, I went on my DMX spree. I had to hear all my music that I love. Um, there was nothing in there to that effect for me. Wasn't any glorification of anything. Wasn't even any insulting or purposely insulting someone or some group. But like I said, these Bible thumpers and this council culture have really worked my last, last nerve. It appears you're trying to counsel any and everything. And for what? Rap is a the art of storytelling, to be honest with you, it's telling a story. It's not necessarily saying that they, the rapper or, or whatever, or what have you did it. It's a portrayal of the life that they've seen. It, it really is. And like I said, I didn't see anything or hear anything in those verses. So I, I just say rest in peace to DMX. I think his soul is finally at rest. I do. Well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears. Continue to like, support, offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, along with Verbal and WordPress. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. 
Today is Monday, April the 12th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is newfangled, which means attracted to novelty or of the newest style or kind. Newfangled. Hope everyone enjoyed their weekend. I know it's been a while since I've spoken to you last. I took some time off to get some stuff together, personal issues. And I hope everyone enjoyed their week and also this past weekend. It was pretty lovely here in North Carolina. Had some rain. That was that usually happened uh, late night or early in the wee hours of the morning. Got rid of some of the pollen and that helps a lot. Man, it seems like every year this pollen is getting worse and worse. I'm not even, I don't have allergies. I'm not allergic to them. Never had a problem. But, you know, seems like the past two or three years, I, I've noticed that when I go out, I start sneezing. So, yeah, it, it seems like the pollen is getting worse every every year. Well, let's move along to some news here. Looks like here we go again. Protests have erupted in Minnesota as a result of the police fatally shooting an unarmed black man. Well, details are still coming in. Bit sketchy. Protests have erupted. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like I said, here we go again. And also, police in Virginia find them themselves under fire for a traffic stop of a black and Latino man that ended in the pepper spring and arrest uh, pepper spring. He was thrown to the ground and arrest of an, of a army officer. He was an officer in the United States army. In fact, also one of the police officers was fired this past weekend over the stop and arrest. That happened in December. Now I've seen, I'm not sure if it's the full video of that uh, interaction or maybe it's it's snippets. There's a whole lot going on online and then, you know, the news, they're showing it. A lot of people may say he wasn't complying, but from what I saw and heard, I mean, he had both hands out of the window. He was explaining. The the initial stop was because of he didn't have a license plate on a new vehicle that he had purchased. But he did have the license plate. It was just uh, taped in the window. So I guess they pulled him because it wasn't uh, actually visible. But, uh, you know, depending on where you get a lot of vehicles from or those screws that hold those license plates in place, they may come loose or whatever. But anyway... They pulled him over, and like I said, from what I I saw, he had both hands out of the, the window, and was explaining and asking, you know, why did you pull me over? There were two officers. One looked to be a senior officer, and one looked to be fairly new. And the senior officer, um, I don't know if if he was trying to show the rookie the ropes, but his language and body movements with his gun out pointed 
screaming, get out. Or I know one point in time you can hear him say something about you get ready to get lit up or, or, or whatever or what have you. Long short of it, his his language was totally uncalled for. I mean, you're telling the guy to get out of the vehicle, but he's still in his seatbelt. And he's also telling you, I don't feel comfortable reaching for anything at this point, which rightfully so. If you hear the language and the aggression in the officer's voice, I wouldn't have moved either. I think at one point in time, he even said, I I, I don't feel comfortable. I I would rather you do it. An officer continued to yell, get out, get out, get out. So anyway, the officer was fired this weekend. He probably should have been fired back in December before this tape came out because the the, the army officer is now suing. Uh, he may have a good case. He, he, really, he, he may have a good case because that, like I said, as far as those that say he wasn't complying, hell, he may have been too terrified to comply. What do you do in that instance or that situation when someone has a gun on you and they're steady screaming and yelling at you and you're trying to talk and say, hey, wait a minute, I can't get out like that. I'm in a seatbelt. But then again, what do I know? What do I know? Anyway, uh, this past week, I was uh, I was saddened to hear of the passing of a high school classmate. He was a husband and father of two uh, cancer. Apparently his cancer came back. I know last I spoke to him, he had been, he he was in remission and he was saying everything was fine and thankful to the Lord for, for bringing him through. But it appears in the end, cancer came back and, you know, he passed. Uh, It's uh, my heart is is just, my heart and mind is just uh, everywhere right now. I, I keep thinking about the two kids. I believe one of the, the daughters, uh, I know she was in high school and she may have been getting ready to graduate. If not this year, then next year. And of course, a younger child. And like I said, he left his wife also. Left his wife behind also. But out of all of that, the one thing that I have come to the conclusion is I have, and this is me personally, I don't know how many other people do this, but I've got to stop the the what I do is say, oh man, I gotta reach out to somebody. Then I get sidetracked and 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 hit with life, and then I forget about it and I think again, oh, I'm gonna do it tomorrow, and I never get around to it. Long short of it is like the old saying goes, never put off tomorrow what you can do today. So I think from from this point on, whenever I say oh, I need to reach out to somebody, I'm just gonna reach out. I mean, it's hard enough when someone passes, but it's even harder when you think and you sit back and you remember, damn, I remember I said I was going to do that and I never did. And you never will get the chance to. You know, my heart goes out to the family. I believe his mother is, is still here. And that's got to be hard for any parent to have to bury their child. So my heart goes out to him. And and if, if I could say anything to anybody, including myself, don't procrastinate. What comes in your mind that you say you're going to do, do it then and there. Or make time. Life does come at us hard and fast. And it's very easily to get sidetracked or, or lose that 
thought in your mind with your day-to-day dealings of life. But stop the procrastination, just do it. Go ahead and and, and be done with it. You know, also, um, I, uh, I know by now everyone has heard of the passing of uh, Earl Simmons, otherwise known as DMX. Yeah, that that there is, uh, man, that's a tough one. That is, didn't know him personally, but I was a, a huge, huge fan of his music. Well, he was taken off life support last Friday after a heart attack as a result of a drug overdose. Overdose, and it left him in a vegetated state after apparently there was three attempts to resuscitate him but they all failed. And the doctors earlier in the week had done a procedure to determine his brain activity, to which they found little to none. And also it was deteriorating. His brain, his his body was pretty much shutting down. If you ever heard that expression, your organs are shutting down. Yeah, he, he was deteriorating inter- deteriorating fa- uh, fast. So I guess Friday, the family decided, you know, there's, it, it may sound cruel and heartless, they decided it was no longer a need to prolong the inevitable, his death. So Friday, I, I, they, they pronounced him dead. I can't remember the exact time. But I do remember the uh, alert coming across my phone and, and I began thinking, wow. Here's a, a guy, yeah, he he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but who is? He just wasn't. He wasn't perfect at all. Now, I, I find, well, I've heard about it, and it appears it's becoming more and more prevalent. It's, it's, it's becoming, I don't want to say an, an everyday thing, but it it is out there now. Now we know. Now the police in Yonkers, where he's from, have uh, stated that they have had three to four drug overdoses over the past few months, over the past couple of months, actually. And what they're attributing this to is fentanyl. The drugs are being cut or laced with fentanyl. That's your heroin and your cocaine. It's a highly addictive painkiller that apparently these drug dealers have found they can mix with the drug and it keeps them coming back. It's highly addictive. It's a painkiller. I don't know too much about that. But the police, like I said, are like I said, they they're they've had these overdoses within the past few months, and now they're looking for the drug dealers. <clears throat> To charge him. You know, we had a similar case like that or cases here in North Carolina where they actually did charge those drug dealers. I mean, if if they can pinpoint where it came from, yeah, they they are gonna charge you. They probably should. You know, I just didn't understand or didn't know how strong and and I guess highly a addictive fentanyl was. I had to look it up. I didn't even really know what fentanyl was. It's a, apparently it's a painkiller. Is used for those that um, are in severe, severe pain. 
brings you back to uh, Michael Jackson and, and the drug he, he was taking. What was it? Propopol, propanol or something like that. A medication that was used for uh, one of the uses it was used for was to, to fight the pain of those uh, burn victims. Now it appears fentanyl has taken the lead, if I could say that. Now, I, I got to say, when I first heard DMX's music, it was it, it, it was after the passing of Pac and Biggie. And at that point in time, to me, rap was in a limbo, in a transitioning. I mean, there were a few artists that were out that were put, putting out music, but I, I wasn't too impressed with the material. And I had kind of written rap off and I returned to my old school. <laughs> I went back to my old school. I said, well, I can always get a feeling out of that. Because like I said, some of the material that was coming out, I, I, you could tell it was in limbo and transitioning like they were trying to figure out, you know, where to go from here. Like I said, after the passing of Pac and Biggie. And then I heard X. Wow. Hard. Gritty. His vocal deliverance, his cadence, the content of his music. It hooked me. I was hooked, hook, line, and sinker. And, and, and in fact, it to me, it was what hip-hop was and had always been. Not just something from the streets, but a regular, everyday, average guy or female expressing themselves. And as far as I was concerned, hip hop was back. And I'm not, I know a lot of people, but one of the things that, another thing that stuck out to me because I've seen the old tapes or, 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 or heard, he was one hell of a freestyler. For those of you that don't know what freestyling is, freestyling is coming off the top of the dome. Nothing's written down. Freestyling is what is, what is done in battles, hip hop battles. You know, I can remember as a kid, I was a single child and and it may be uh, I was a single child introvert I was shy bashful or whatever but when I first heard hip hop first heard rap it softened that awkwardness because you know when I would go to school I would hear other kids talking about you know the same artists or groups that I was listening to and and like I said that that helped me and developed me and, and able to carry on conversation whereas before I was standoffish so hip hop you know it did that for me and like I said when I first heard X I was like whoa who is this now his you know I didn't know that much about him and his background until th- there was a special that uh, well BET does these specials they did one on Rough Riders which, which was the record label he was on they also did one on uh, No Limit Master P but the first one they did was on Rough Riders and let me just say his childhood this is, this is where it all started his childhood oh wow man I mean, his mother pretty much had written him off. He was getting in trouble with the police. He was going from reform school or, or you know, group homes or whatever. And you know, like I said, his mother pretty much written him off. But she had had some issues also. 
So I guess one of the last times when he got in trouble and he came back from uh, the group home or reform school or whatever, she it was just too much for her to handle. So he ended up going from foster home to foster home to foster home. Then pretty much was on the streets because, you know, uh, you know, most kids when they're, they're in that foster home system, if they go to a foster home and they don't like it, they're out. So he pretty much was on the streets. He was introduced to drugs by someone he called a mentor, someone he looked up to. He was introduced to drugs, uh, crack to be exact. I, I think I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think the special, you know, he talked about it. I think he was put in the, uh, his weed, marijuana. They, they call it woolers. They, they mix it together. You know, it, it's hard. You, you gotta, it's hard enough to, not have your mother there but then when you find another adult that you're looking at as as a mentor or maybe even a father figure and for him to introduce you to something like that I often question what's the mindset what was the purpose of you doing that I mean really but out of all of that the one thing that stands out to me the most about DMX and his life and his legacy I mean besides the albums the videos the collabos the dirt bikes, the four wheelers, or the pit bulls, or maybe even his his uh, pit bull dogs. His high energy on the stage because when he gave a concert, man, he was one of those that I I wanted to. I was just hoping that I at some point in time I would be able to see perform live because I, I've seen KRS One, I've seen Big Daddy Kane, I've seen Eric B and Rakim. I wanted to see him do it live because from what I saw from the videos and heard people talking, man, he put on a show. And that's a rarity in this day and age. An actual show, because that's what concerts are supposed to be. It's supposed to be a show. And he did he did it. They said he was one of the best to ever do it live. But like I said, the one thing that stuck out to me, no matter what he was going through, was the fact that no matter the interview or, or or even at the concerts, he would always bring God into the conversation, no matter what. Now, he might even have introduced some from, from this era of my, my generation or whatever to God at his concerts. That sounds crazy to some. But if you truly know God, you never know how God will use someone to work in his favor. You never know who God would put in your path to get you to believe in his word. You know, the Bible is, is full of stories of people that were considered undesirables. That were used to teach and show us his word. And also show us his grace and mercy. You know, one that I, I often think about is uh, Saul or Paul. You know, Paul was uh, the main persecutor of the church and those that believed in Jesus Christ. I mean, he even participated in participated in stoning, killing those that believed in Christ. Can you imagine that, that you're, you believe and Jesus Christ and because of your belief and convictions they pretty much kill you you know that's sounds crazy to us now but you know like I said to get back on track 
you never know who, what God is going to use to put you on the path to getting yourself together, to get you to believe and trust in him. Now, there are some Bible thumpers. One, please shut up. Two, get your chair. Have a seat. Three, go to a corner. Four, turn it around and sit down. Face the wall. You have clearly forgotten God's word. You know, something to the effect, let you not, let ye not forget that you ye too were once in the world also. Really? I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you can't learn anything. He was a crackhead. Who cares? You never know who God has got in your path to get you to believe and get you on track. It's not about that individual person. More often than not, it's about what that person brings to the table. You never know how God is using them. Like I said, no matter what he was going through, no matter what all the trouble was, the jail, the drugs, the kids, the baby mama issues, whenever he gave an interview, you he, he spoke of God. And you can tell that he was going through it. But he always, always spoke of God. You got some Bible thumpers that can't even do that when they're going through it. And they're supposed to be taught and believe that no matter what, you never stop praising God. They'll have a problem and shut down completely. So why? Like I said, how often or how soon we forget and this is a prime example. So like I said, to those Bible thumpers, shut up, get a chair, have a seat, take it to a corner, turn it around and face the corner and just be quiet. You don't know how God was using this man. You don't know who he touched to the point that they started or maybe once again believed in God. Who are you to judge? Who are you to criticize? Who do you who are you to critique any aspect of any human being's life? Because I, I I rest I can rest pretty assuredly when I say you weren't born believing, or well, I shouldn't say believing, you weren't born worshiping God. You had to learn, you had to go through some things, didn't you? Yeah, you did. And how soon we forget the old Holy rollers, high and righteous. Bible thumpers. Yeah, go sit down. Also, there's a, a Twitter campaign to cancel DMX. Boy, you guys couldn't even wait till he was cold, till he was in the ground before you chimed in. What happened? You heard some of his music after his death or while he was in that vegetative coma and decided that his lyrics were too harsh and abrasive? Well, members of the LG. BTQ community are saying that he has some rap lyrics that spoke and glorified rape and had homophobic slurs directed towards transsexuals. Huh. Mm, that's a big no for me, dog. I don't know what y'all were listening to because the two uh, uh, rap verses or or the two rap verses you quoted, there was no glorification of anything in there. As far as the one that goes about rape, is talking about a, a rape 
of a 15 year old, I guess the father or whatever. It, 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 it sounds like it was, it was something he was explaining about a lifestyle when you're doing dirt and it comes back on you. And yeah, we do have some people out there as we all well and know that are that savage. Sorry, it's, he can't, he couldn't rap about the sun, the stars, the moons, green clovers and unicorns or whatever. Sorry, he couldn't rap about that. He rapped about a lifestyle that he knew all too well growing up from the background from whence he came. An honest, honest depiction of his life. Wow. How about that? Hmm. That's, that's strange and rare. And as far as the homophobic slurs and it, they felt it was directed at the transsexuals and he was a homophobe. No, that was not that the purpose of that verse. The verse pretty much was saying, you know, I know a lot of you probably heard of that down low. You know, the guys that that are torn between having sex with a woman and having sex with a man. We call them down low brothers. That's what that's talking about. how it, it it can't be accepted and matter of fact as I remember as I can recollect I can remember when that term first appeared oh, I believe Oprah did an interview with the author of the book who, who expressed that he too was down low or had been down low meaning he had he was married and he was messing with men and somehow some way he came out and he said that a lot of men didn't believe that that was cheating because it was sex with a man <laughs> well won't get into that argument or debate but that's what that verse was about. Those that are playing both sides of the fences, if you will. So as far as this campaign of, of counseling, everything, every aspect, what is this rush to counsel everything? Like I said, you guys couldn't even wait for him to be dead a good week before you tore off on a rampage. I believe this council mess came out Saturday a day after he, they had uh, pulled the plug and, and, and announced that he was no longer with us. You know, we live in a society that is so judgmental. And I know many may say, well, you sound like you're judgmental. No, I'm not. I don't think I'm judgmental because I don't fly off on these tirades and hold these campaigns and launch this national campaign to counsel everybody or bring everybody's mistakes in their lives to the forefront. And that appears that that's the type of society we're in now, where if you've done something wrong in your past, you're going to be held accountable for it for decades ago. Because that's about how old these songs are. I mean, that's man, well, that's got to be going on to uh, 20, close to 20, if not over 20 years ago. Really? You pull those two verses out to cancel because you felt it's a glorified rape and, and had homophobic slurs in it. I, I guess music is up, left up to your interpre interpretation because when I heard it, <laughs> I didn't hear anything about, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear any slander or, or a glorification of a lifestyle that, that could be taken as, as, as a, a, a true way of life. I didn't, you know, rap is storytelling. Although we do have a few that, that would go out and do something stupid and then come back and put it on a record and tell, uh, well, tell their whole business. And yeah, they pretty much do need to be locked up. 
I mean, there's been a few rappers that got caught up like that, but that was not that. That just wasn't for me. I didn't see it. I just didn't. And I and I said, well, let me listen to it. Man. Let me listen attentively to it. Let me be biased. And I heard it. Heard the whole song or both songs, and then I heard some more. Of course, I went on my DMX spree. I had to hear all the music that I love. Um, there was nothing in there to that effect for me. Wasn't any glorification of anything. Wasn't even any insulting or purposely insulting someone or some group. But like I said, these Bible thumpers and this cancel culture have really worked my last, last nerve. It appears you're trying to cancel any and everything. And for what? Rap is a the art of storytelling to be honest with you it's telling a story it's not necessarily saying that they the rapper or, or whatever or what have you did it it's a portrayal of the life that they've seen it, it really is and like I said I didn't see anything or hear anything in those verses so I, I just say rest in peace to DMX I think his soul is finally at rest I do well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears. Continue to like, support, offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, along with Verbal and WordPress. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Monday, April the 12th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is newfangled, which means attracted to novelty or of the newest style or kind new fang gold hope everyone enjoyed their weekend i know it's been a while since i've spoken to you last i took some time off to get some stuff together personal issues and i hope everyone enjoyed their week and also this past weekend it was pretty lovely here in north carolina had some rain that was that usually happened uh uh, late night or early in the wee hours of the morning. Got rid of some of the pollen and that, that helps a lot. Man, it seems like every year this pollen is getting worse and worse. I'm not even, I don't have allergies. I'm not allergic to them. Never had a problem. But, you know, seems like the past two or three years, I, I've noticed that when I go out, I start sneezing. So, yeah, it, it seems like the pollen is getting worse every every year. Well, let's move along to some news here. Looks like here we go again. Protests have erupted in Minnesota as a result of the police fatally shooting an unarmed black man. Well, details are still coming in. Bit sketchy. Protests are, have erupted. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like I said, here we go again.
And also, police in Virginia find them themselves under fire for a traffic stop of a Black and Latino man that ended in the Pepper Spring and arrest at Pepper Spring. He was thrown to the ground and arrest of an of a army officer. He was an officer in the United States Army. In fact, also one of the police officers was fired this past weekend over the stop and arrest. That happened in December. Now I've seen, I'm not sure if it's the full video of that uh, interaction or maybe it's, it's snippets. There's a whole lot going on online and then, you know, the news they're showing it. Um, a lot of people may say he wasn't complying, but from what I saw and heard, I mean, he had both hands out of the window. He was explaining. The, the initial stop was because of he didn't have a license plate on a new vehicle that he had purchased, but he did have the license plate. It was just uh, taped in the window. So I guess they pulled him because it wasn't uh, actually visible, but uh, you know, Depending on where you get a lot of vehicles from or those screws that hold those license plates in place, they may come loose or whatever. But anyway, they pulled him over. And like I said, from what I, I saw, he had both hands out of the, the window and was explaining and asking, you know, why did you pull me over? There were two officers. One looked to be a senior officer and one looked to be fairly new. And the senior officer, uh, I don't know if if he was trying to show the rookie the ropes, but his language and body movements with his gun out, pointed, screaming, get out. Or I know one point in time you can hear him say something about you get ready to get lit up or, or whatever or what have you. Long short of it, his his language was totally uncalled for. I mean, you're telling the guy to get out of the vehicle, but he's still in his seatbelt. And he's also telling you, I don't feel comfortable reaching for anything at this point, which rightfully so. If you hear the language and the aggression in the officer's voice, I wouldn't have moved either. I think at one point in time, he even said, I, I don't feel comfortable. I, I would rather you do it. And the officer continued to yell, get out, get out, get out. So anyway, the officer was fired this weekend. He probably should have been fired back in December before this tape came out because the the, the army officer is now suing. Uh, he may have a good case. He, he, really, he, he may have a good case because that, like I said, as far as those that say he wasn't complying, hell, he may have been too terrified to comply. What do you do in that instance or that situation when someone has a gun on you and they're steady screaming and yelling at you and you're trying to talk and say, hey, wait a minute, I can't get out like that. I'm in a seatbelt. But then again, what do I know? What do I know? Anyway, uh, this past week, I was uh, I was saddened to hear of the passing of a high school classmate. He was a husband and father of two uh, cancer. Apparently his cancer came back. I know last I spoke to him, he had been, he, he was in remission and he was saying everything was fine and thankful to the Lord for, for bringing him through. But it appears in the end, cancer came back and, you know, he passed. 
uh, is my heart is is just my heart and mind is just uh, everywhere right now. I, I keep thinking about the two kids. I believe one of the the daughters. Uh, I know she was in high school, and she may have been getting ready to graduate. If not this year, then next year. And of course, a younger child. And, and like I said, he left his wife also. Left his wife behind also. But out of all of that, the one thing that I have come to the conclusion is I have, and this is me personally, I don't know how many other people do this, but I've got to stop the, the what I do is say, oh man, I got to reach out to somebody. Then I get sidetracked and, and, and hit with life and then I forget about it and I think again, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow and I never get around to it. Long short of it is, like the old saying goes, never put off tomorrow what you can do today. So I think from, from this point on, whenever I say I, I need to reach out to somebody, I'm just going to reach out. I mean, it's hard enough when someone passes, but it's even harder when you think or you sit back and you remember, damn, I remember I said I was going to do that and I never did. And you never will get the chance to. You know, my heart goes out to the family. I believe he, his mother is is still here. And that's got to be hard for any parent to have to bury their child. So my heart goes out to him. And, and, and if, if I could say anything to anybody, including myself, don't procrastinate. What comes in your mind, you say you're going to do, do it then and there or make time. Life does come at us hard and fast and it's very easily to get sidetracked or, or lose that thought in your mind with your day-to-day dealings of life. But stop the procrastination, just do it. Go ahead and, and, and be done with it. You know, also, um, I uh, I know by now everyone has heard of the passing of uh, Earl Simmons, uh, otherwise known as DMX. Yeah, that that there is, uh, man, that's a tough one. That is, didn't know him personally, but I was a, a huge huge fan of his music. Well, he was taken off life support last Friday after a heart attack as a result of a drug overdose overdose and it left him in a vegetated state after apparently there was three attempts to resuscitate him but they all failed and the doctors earlier in the week had done a procedure to determine his brain activity to which they found little to none and also it was de- deteriorating his brain, his, his body was pretty much shutting down. If you ever heard that expression, your organs are shutting down. Yeah, he, he was deteriorating and ter- deteriorating fa- uh, fast. So I guess Friday, the family decided, you know, there's, it, it may sound cruel and heartless. They decided it was no longer a need to prolong the inevitable, his death. So Friday, they, they, pronounced them dead i can't remember the exact time but i do remember the uh alert coming across my phone and, and i began thinking wow 
here's a a guy yeah he he wasn't perfect by any stretch stretch of the imagination but who is he just wasn't he wasn't perfect at all now i i find well i've heard about it and it appears it's becoming more and more prevalent it's 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 becoming i don't want to say an, an, an everyday thing but it it is out there now now we know now the police in yonkers where he's from have uh stated that they have had 3 to 4 drug overdoses over the past few months over the past couple of months actually and what they're attributing this to is fentanyl the drugs are being cut or laced with fentanyl that's your heroin and your cocaine it's a highly addictive painkiller that apparently these drug dealers have found they can mix with the drug and it keeps them coming back it's highly addictive it's a painkiller i don't know too much about that but the police like i said are like i said they they're they've had these overdoses within the past few months and now they're looking for the drug dealers <clears throat> To charge him. You know, we had a similar case like that or cases here in North Carolina where they actually did charge those drug dealers. I mean, if if they can pinpoint where it came from, yeah, they they are gonna charge you. They probably should. You know, I just didn't understand or didn't know how strong and and I guess highly addictive fentanyl was. I had to look it up. I didn't even really know what fentanyl was. It's a, apparently it's a painkiller. Is used for those that um, are in severe, severe pain. Hmm. Brings you back to uh, Michael Jackson and and the drug he was taking. What was it? Propopol, propanol or something like that. A medication that was used for uh, one of the uses it was used for was to, to fight the pain of those uh, burn victims. Now it appears fentanyl has taking the lead if i could say that now i i gotta say when i first heard dmx's music it was it, it, it was after the passing of Pac and biggie and at that point in time to me rap was in a limbo in a transitioning i mean there were a few artists that were out that were put putting out music but i, I wasn't too impressed with the material and i had kind of written rap off and i returned to my old school <laughs> i went back to my old school i said well i can always get a feeling out of that because like i said some of the material that was coming out i, I you could tell it was in limbo and transitioning like they were trying to figure out you know where to go from here like i said after the passing of Pac and biggie and then i heard x wow hard gritty his vocal deliverance, his cadence, the content of his music. It hooked me. I was hooked, hook, line, and sinker. And, and, and in fact, it to me, it was what hip-hop was and had always been. Not just something from the streets, but a regular, everyday, average guy or female expressing themselves. 
And as far as I was concerned, hip hop was back. And I'm not, I know a lot of people, but one of the things that, another thing that stuck out to me because I've seen the old tapes or, 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 or heard, he was one hell of a freestyler. For those of you that don't know what freestyling is, freestyling is coming off the top of your dome. Nothing's written down. Freestyling is what is, what is done in battles, hip hop battles. You know, I can remember as a kid, I was a single child. And, and, and it may be, uh, I was a single child, introvert. I was shy, bashful, or whatever. But when I first heard hip hop, first heard rap, it softened that awkwardness because, you know, when I would go to school, I would hear other kids talking about, you know, the same artists or groups that I was listening to. And, and like I said, that, that helped me and developed me and, and able to carry on conversation. Whereas before I was standoffish. So hip hop, you know, it did that for me. And like I said, when I first heard X, I was like, whoa, who is this? Now, his, you know, I didn't know that much about him and his background until th there was a special that, uh, well, BET does these specials. They did one on Rough Riders, which, which was the record label he was on. They also did one on uh, No Limit, Master P. But the first one they did was on Rough Riders. And let me just say his childhood, this is, this is where it all started. His childhood. Oh, wow. Man. I mean, his mother pretty much had written him off. He was getting in trouble with the police. He was going from reform school or, or you know, group homes or whatever. And you know, like I said, his mother pretty much written him off. But she had had some issues also. So I guess one of the last times when he got in trouble and he came back from uh, the group home or reform school or whatever, she it was just too much for her to handle. So he ended up going from foster home to foster home to foster home. Then pretty much was on the streets because, you know, you know, most kids when they're, they're in that foster home system, if they go to a foster home and they don't like it, they're out. So he pretty much was on the streets. He was introduced to drugs by someone he called a mentor, someone he looked up to. He was introduced to drugs, uh, crack to be exact. I, I think I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think the special, you know, he talked about it. I think he was put in the, uh, his weed, marijuana. They they call it woolers. They, they mix it together. You know, it, it's hard. You, you gotta, it's hard enough to not have your mother there. But then when you find another adult that you're looking at as, as a mentor, or maybe even a father figure, and for him to introduce you to something like that, I often question, what's the mindset? What was the purpose of you doing that? I mean, really. But out of all of that, the one thing that stands out to me the most about DMX and his life and his legacy, I mean, besides the albums, the videos, the collabos, the dirt bikes, the four-wheelers or the pit bulls, or maybe even his, his uh, pit bull dogs, his high energy on the stage, because when he gave a concert, man, he was one of those that I, I wanted to, I was just hoping that I, at some point in time, I would be able to see perform live because I, I've seen KRS-One, I've seen Big Daddy Kane, I've seen Eric B and Rakim. 
I wanted to see him do it live because from what I saw from the videos and heard people talking, man, he put on a show. And that's a rarity in this day and age, an actual show, because that's what concerts are supposed to be. It's supposed to be a show. And he did, he did it. They said he was one of the best to ever do it live. But like I said, the one thing that stuck out to me, no matter what he was going through, was the fact that no matter the interview or, or, or even at the concerts, he would always bring God into the conversation, no matter what. Now, he might even have introduced some from, from this era of my, my generation or, or whatever to God at his concerts. That sounds crazy to some. But if you truly know God, you never know how God will use someone to work in his favor. You never know who God would put in your path to get you to believe in his word. You know, the Bible is, is full of stories of people that were considered undesirables. That were used to teach and show us his word. And also show us his grace and mercy. You know, one that I, I often think about is uh, Saul or Paul. You know, Paul was uh, the main persecutor of the church and those that believed in Jesus Christ. I mean, he even participated in, participated in stoning, killing those that believed in Christ. Can you imagine that, that you're, you believe in Jesus Christ and because of your belief and convictions, they pretty much kill you? You know, that's sounds crazy to us now, but you know, like I said, to get back on track, you never know who, what God is going to use to put you on the path to getting yourself together, to get you to believe and trust in him. Now there are some Bible thumpers. One, please shut up. Two, get your chair, have a seat. Three, go to a corner. Four, turn it around and sit down. Face the wall. You have clearly forgotten God's word. You know, something to the effect, let you not, let ye not forget that you ye too were once in the world also. Really? I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you can't learn anything. He was a crackhead. Who cares? You never know who God has got in your path to get you to believe and get you on track. It's not about that individual person. More often than not, it's about what that person brings to the table. You never know how God is using them. Like I said, no matter what he was going through, no matter what all the trouble was, the jail, the drugs, the kids, the baby mama issues, whenever he gave an interview, you he, he spoke of God. And you can tell that he was going through it, but he always, always spoke of God. You got some Bible thumpers that can't even do that when they're going through it. And they're supposed to be taught and believe that no matter what, you never stop praising God. They'll have a problem and shut down completely. So why? Like I said, 
how often or how soon we forget. And this is a prime example. So like I said, to those Bible thumpers, shut up, get a chair, have a seat, take it to a corner, turn it around and face the corner and just be quiet. You don't know how God was using this man. You don't know who he touched to the point that they started or maybe once again believed in God. Who are you to judge? Who are you to criticize? Who do you who are you to critique any aspect of any human being's life? Because I I, I rest I can rest pretty assuredly when I say you weren't born believing well, I shouldn't say believing. You weren't born worshiping God. You had to learn. You had to go through some things, didn't you? Yeah, you did. And how soon we forget the old holy rollers, high and righteous, Bible thumpers. Yeah, go sit down somewhere. Also, there's a, a Twitter campaign to cancel DMX. Boy, you guys couldn't even wait till he was cold, till he was in the ground before you chimed in. What happened? You heard some of his music after his death or while he was in that vegetative coma and decided that his lyrics were too harsh and abrasive? Well, members of the LGBTQ community are saying that he has some rap lyrics that spoke and glorified rape and had homophobic slurs directed towards transsexuals. Huh. Mm, that's a big no for me, dog. I don't know what y'all were listening to because the two uh, uh, rap verses or, or the two rap verses you quoted, there was no glorification of anything in there. As far as the one that goes about rape, it's, it's talking about a, a rape of a 15-year-old, I guess the father or whatever. It, it 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 sounds like it was it was something he was explaining about a lifestyle when you're doing dirt and it comes back on you. And yeah, we do have some people out there as we all well and know that are that savage. Sorry, is he he couldn't rap about the sun, the stars, the moons, green clovers and unicorns or whatever. Sorry, he couldn't rap about that. He rapped about a lifestyle that he knew all too well growing up from the background from whence he came. An honest, honest depiction of his life. Wow, how about that? Hmm, that's, that's strange and rare. And as far as the homophobic slurs, and it, they felt it was directed at the transsexuals, and he was a homophobe. No, that was not that, the purpose of that verse. The verse pretty much was saying, you know, I know a lot of you probably have heard of that down low, you know, the guys that that are torn between having sex with a woman and having sex with a man. We call them down low brothers. That's what that's talking about. How it, it, it can't be accepted. And matter of fact, as I remember, as I can recollect, I can remember when that term first appeared, oh, I believe... Oprah did an interview with the author of the book who, who expressed that he too was down low or had been down low, meaning he had he was married and he was messing with men. And somehow, some way he came out and he said that a lot of men didn't believe that that was cheating because it was sex with a man. <laughs> well, 
won't get into that argument or debate, but that's what that verse was about. Those that are playing both sides of the fences, if you will. So as far as this campaign of, of counseling, everything, every aspect, what is this rush to counsel everything? Like I said, you guys couldn't even wait for him to be dead a good week before you tore off on a rampage. I believe this council mess came out Saturday, a day after he, they had uh, pulled the plug and, and, and announced that he was no longer with us. You know, we live in a society that is so judgmental. And I know many may say, well, you sound like you're judgmental. No, I'm not. I don't think I'm judgmental. Because I don't fly off on these tirades and hold these campaigns and launch this national campaign to counsel everybody or bring everybody's mistakes in their lives to the forefront. And that appears that that's the type of society we're in now, where if you've done something wrong in your past, you're going to be held accountable for it for decades ago. Because that's about how old these songs are. I mean, that's, man, well, that's. Uh, Got to be going on to uh, 20, close to 20, if not over 20 years ago. Really? You pull those two verses out to cancel because you feel it's a glorified rape and, and had homophobic slurs in it. I, I guess music is left up to your interpre interpretation because when I heard it, <laughs> I didn't hear anything about, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear any slander or, or a glorification of a lifestyle that, that could be taken as, as, as a, a, a true way of life. I didn't, you know, rap is storytelling. Although we do have a few that, that would go out and do something stupid and then come back and put it on a record and tell, uh, well, tell their whole business. And yeah, they pretty much do need to be locked up. I mean, there's been a few rappers that got caught up like that, but that was not that that just wasn't for me. I didn't see it. I just didn't. And I and I said, well, let me listen to it. Man. Let me listen attentively to it. Let me be biased. And I heard it, heard the whole song or both songs. And then I heard some more. Of course, I went on my DMX spree. I had to hear all my music that I love. Um, there was nothing in there to that effect for me. Wasn't any glorification of anything. Wasn't even any insulting or purposely insulting someone or some group. But like I said, these Bible thumpers and this council culture have really worked my last, last nerve. It appears you're trying to counsel any and everything. And for what? Rap is a, the art of storytelling, to be honest with you. It's telling a story. It's not necessarily saying that they, the rapper or, or whatever or what have you, did it. It's a portrayal of the life that they've seen. It, it really is. And like I said, I didn't see anything or hear anything in those verses. So I, I just say rest in peace to DMX. I think his soul is finally at rest. I do. Well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears. Continue to like, support, offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, along with Verbal and WordPress.
Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow.